This episode was originally done live with Abby and Courtney from Duo Collective, and it was recorded in my Facebook group. If you have ever felt stuck on what you should post on Instagram, this is going to be a really great listen for you. It's definitely a longer episode, but it is jam-packed with great info. If you would prefer to watch the video format, then you can hop on over to the Facebook group, and I've linked it in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, photographer mamas. Welcome to the Capture the Chaos podcast. My name is Brittany Renee. I'm a family and newborn photographer and your future photography BFF and cheerleader. I've learned and implemented strategies that have doubled my photography clients and have given me time freedom to do the things I love. I am ready to share it all with you. Do you wish you could book more newborn and family clients? Do you wish you knew how to find more time to do all the things for your business and still live your best life? Are you looking for that secret sauce to level up your sessions? Right now, your business probably looks like confetti on the floor after a birthday session. A bit of a mess. Your life is busy, chaotic, and it is filled with joy. If you're ready to build a business that fits into that wonderful life, you're in the right place. Throw in a load of laundry, pour yourself some coffee or a glass of wine, I'm not judging, and edit some photos. Let's get ready to grow, mama. Sweet. Awesome. Well, we will go ahead and share our screen, but thank you so much for having us. We are so excited to be inside your group and talking with you all today. Yes, so we are Duo Collective, and today we're going to be talking about social content pillars and what they are. So um, like I just said, we're the duo. So I am Courtney, aka Court, and also the creative guru. And this is Abby. I'm Abby. I am more on the strategy, SEO, analytical side of things of our business. So we definitely complement each other really well when it comes to marketing. Yes. So with that, we're just going to dive right in. So with social, you probably have asked yourself these questions. So do you ever struggle with finding an idea to post, stare at a bouncy cursor on your Instagram caption, unsure of how to create diverse content on your feed, feel like you're posting the same thing over and over again, lacking engagement when you do post, or having slow or negative growth. So we've all been there. We've all asked ourselves these questions. And that's where these content pillars that we'll be taking you through really help to define and answer these questions. So if you did this or this, let's be honest, we've all been there when it comes to the gram. Uh, You are not alone. And even though it can feel like it, we've all been there. Even us as Um, social strategic um, marketing experts, we've been there too. So just know that you're not alone and it's okay to uh, be frustrated at the gram every once in a while. So the thing about these platforms is that they're constantly changing and we can feel like we're playing catch up all the time. We're seeing new things come out, being introduced. Um, The algorithm is changing and we have to be quick and on our toes and changing with them as they're making these changes. So Um, Thankfully, this easy solution to shift growth in the right direction is free, and it's these content pillars. So our goal and everything we do for ourselves and our clients is free, non-paid marketing solutions. We focus on that organic marketing, and we're here to give you some of those secrets today so that you can steal them. Yeah, so let's talk about 
social. So with social, with these social media strategy pillars, it really, all of those issues that Courtney just walked through of what the heck am I going to post about? I mean, that's typically our biggest problem is that we feel really repetitive in terms of what we're posting. Um, especially, I know there's a lot of photographers on here too. You can feel like you're posting the same thing over and over again. And sometimes it's really hard to drive engagement and you'll see your engagement taper off. So this is one of our favorite things to do for our clients is build out content pillars. So it's taking a step back from the po the everyday scheduling of your calendars, basically, and looking at the bigger picture of what content you can post and what makes you different. So content pillars are clearly identified buckets of content that speak to who your audience is. It makes you relatable as a brand. It's going to build trust and credibility. And most importantly, it's going to drive conversion. It's going to get people to take action because of the content that you're sharing. So this is really something that we've done for ourselves. We do it for all of our clients. And it takes away that question of what the heck should I post today? So what we're going to do today is walk through some uh, examples from our clients, but then we're also going to um, jump, like show you exactly how to build those content pillars yourself. And if there are any questions as we're going through this live, like Brittany, feel free to pause us too and ask those questions since we can't see them. So if we're going too fast, feel free to interrupt. All right. So we're so excited to share all these with you. We have some good examples across a couple of different client categories so that hopefully there's something you can all relate to. So very first one, um, Allie, our client is a fitness mentor and coach. So she touches a lot of different things and she was feeling in this slump of always talking about fitness and wanting to talk more about coaching and who her community is and really connect with her community. So what we did is we took a step back from all of her content that she has been posting and identified who her audience was, what she wanted to share and what she wanted to talk about. So here are her content pillars that we came up with. We like to also bucket these in kind of like categories, as you can see. So she has this category of community. She has another category of health and fitness that is really her bread and butter. And then she has this personal category because we want to make our brands relatable. So within each of these categories, we have content pillars to help her ideate content of what to post. So motherhood, mentorship, sisterhood, all giving her different ideas within these content pillars. For health and fitness, it's not just fitness, but it's also nutrition. And she also wanted to dabble a little bit in fashion and beauty when it comes to the health side of things. And then from a personal standpoint, faith has always been really important motivator for her and her community. So she wanted that to be a big part of her um, social strategy, along with behind the scenes, sharing who she is outside of just her business and then motivation and mindset, which we're all very familiar with sharing those motivational quotes and inspiration because I perform pretty well. So another example, Jessie Tommy, she, this is a salon um, here in Minnesota that we had worked with. And for them, they have, you'll notice that some of these bu buckets can be kind of similar. So she had, we have a whole category in here about education, another category for connection, and then another for community. So in looking at this, sharing things like beauty tips and tricks, special occasions, specials and offers. And then how can we connect with our audience through latest trends? What are different products and features they can buy? Um, and then what are some of their services? And then finally, communities, client features, local community, and behind the scenes. 
So again, you can kind of see a trend of typically every client we work with has this behind the scenes category because we like to make sure that your brand is relatable, like you are the person behind the screen. So you should be sharing that. And then um, also just sharing education content that people are craving because people aren't always going to be ready to purchase your offer or your service, but you want to keep them engaged for as long as possible. So by differentiating this content, you can do that. So let's take a look at one more example. Hannah is a photographer that's local in our area that we had worked with to help build out her um, strategy pillars. So here you can see she has her portfolio. What differentiates her as a photographer? this connection piece of it, and then also education. So she differentiates herself by focusing on weddings, newborns, and adventure. So this is her opportunity to share her portfolio of what she's creating, which this again will feel natural if you are a photographer because this is what you always share. But what else can we share? We can share ways to connect with your local community because local as a photographer is a really big opportunity. So what vendors and partners exist in the community that she can talk about, what's happening in her life behind the scenes, and then what are other local community members related and unrelated to your business? The goal here is to get people to reshare your content. And then the last bucket of education, these are inspiration and tips. Um, a lot of times, like your uh, clients can ask you questions over and over again. What should I wear for this type of shoot? How should I prepare for this shoot? What should I do to get ready? You can take those questions, put them in the form of tips and share those on your feed as well. So if one client's asking them, the chances are someone else is either asking or thinking it inside their head. So how does this come to life? You have these strategy pillars and we're gonna walk through some ideas of how to brainstorm content underneath them as well um, in the next few slides. But if you have these pillars set up, how does that look like when it comes to your feed? There isn't an order or a specific number of times you're supposed to post each of them. The key is variety. So making sure that you are using the variety of the different buckets to speak to everyone. If you just focus on weddings for a month, for example, all of those people who are already married and maybe they're in that newborn phase or maybe they're not even just interested at all in weddings, they're gonna unfollow you because they're not interested. So it's making sure that that variety of content that you're sharing is speaking to everyone on your in your audience and who you want to talk to. So how to build this yourself um, when you are thinking about the different content pillars that um, will help identify your brand and what it is that you want your um, followers to do. These are some questions to ask yourself in order to identify those pillars. And these are also questions that we make sure that we're asking our clients when we dive into this with them. So they'll get um, a really in-depth questionnaire and that's how we're able to really break down and find these content pillars for them and strategically work through their social um, strategy. So who is your ideal audience? What problems are they currently struggling with? Does your desired audience match your current audience? What types of content are your competitors sharing? What makes you different and unique? And what are the biggest objectives right now in your biz? So asking yourself these questions, writing out, you know, really in-depth answers and kind of going through this is really going to help you to 
you know, weed out anything that you're potentially posting right now that isn't um, something that your desired audience is craving and start to think about what they might be craving, you know, who, if your current audience isn't who you want to be attracting, asking yourself these questions can really shift into that space where you are going to be focusing on content that, you know, you want your desired audience to, um, to follow and educate and get them to follow along versus an audience that you might not be engaging with as much. So really important questions for defining those content pillars and um, getting that strategy put in place. I know Brittany's going to be sharing this afterwards too. So obviously you probably didn't have time to write it all down, but yeah. <laughs> um, you'll be able to write it all down and kind of ask yourself those questions later following this. So um, as you do that, there's another few things that you should start thinking about as you start to bucket these pillars. So first, make sure that your buckets are broad enough. They're broad enough to encompass a lot of ideas, and you should be able to share at least one post a week on this pillar for the foreseeable future. So um, something like photography is going to be way too broad for you. Um, you want to narrow down into what your differentiating factor is and go from there. But vice versa, um, and just like I said, for photography, that's going to be way too broad. But um, vice versa, you also don't want to be too narrow. So you should make sure that you aren't so specific that you don't have enough content to talk about under that bucket. And then in terms of quantity, like how many of these pillars should you have? We typically find for most of our clients between five and nine. Too little means you're not unique enough. There's nothing different about you or um, about your product. And we guarantee that there is something different about you and your uniqueness. So make sure you think about that within your pillars. And then too many can just leave you feeling overwhelmed and it can leave you kind of just confused as to what to even talk about. And then finally, make sure that you incorporate both business related and personal topics. So you are the personality behind your business. So make sure that that comes through in your social feed because at the end of the day, we buy from people, not just businesses. And we like to know who that person is behind the business. So if there's a way to weave in your hobbies, the things you like to do, those are all things that make you relatable and make people build that connection with you in this digital space. And then before we jump into um, some more details on all of this, we want to make sure that you think about your goals for the platform. So what? be honest and true to yourself about what goals you wanna set for Instagram. So do you wanna grow your followers? Is that your main goal? Do you wanna drive more traffic to your website and therefore get more people leaving your profile and going to your website to explore more? Do you want to increase engagement? Have you noticed little, um, little uh, likes or comments or just DMs of people messaging you. If you notice that that's been kind of dry, the chance you might want to focus on increasing your engagement through that. And then finally, I think the goal for everyone is to bring in more leads and product sales because that's the whole point of marketing our business to begin with. So remembering what goals you have and using that as you ideate your pillars is going to be really important as well. So let us help you kind of get started. So if you're kind of feeling like you're not sure where to even begin in terms of content buckets, these are some of our favorite things to incorporate in for our clients. 
So you notice behind the scenes kind of exists for every single client because this is your space to talk about who you are and what's happening in your life, what you love to do, because someone else is going to help relate to that. So that can be a really good bucket from a personal side of things. Um, regardless of what you are in, you most likely have knowledge and education you can share. So that can come to life in form of tips, how-tos, guides, things like that can all be their own content pillar. Um, inspiration. So you, chances are you're inspiring someone else to either work with you, be you, do what you do, things like that. So that inspiration factor can really come into play. Local community. So regardless of whether you can only serve people locally or you can serve people everywhere, because nowadays in this digital world, we typically can serve people everywhere. We are never turned away by local um, leads. So supporting your local community can be huge and just kind of opens the door to a bigger audience because those people can share your content amongst their following, therefore growing your audience with the right people. Um, education, just like we talked about before, what type of education can you serve your audience? Motivation kind of leads into that inspiration. How can you motivate your audience to take action in, the, in what you have to offer? And then also just for fun. So this is kind of like a fun category where you get to share your personality. People love to engage with gifts and memes and just have fun with it. It can feel really heavy as you're scrolling your home feed without anything to kind of break up that badness. So um, just popping in with something relatable and funny every once in a while can really help to up your engagement as well on the platform. I have a question. Yeah. That about those that your inspiration that you um on the last slide. Yeah. Okay. So as photographers, we're like super hyper focused on how our feed looks and you know, we want it to be like a like a portfolio almost or always sharing it. I've been trying to kind of like break away from that. And like yesterday I shared um a photo of me taking a photo. <laughs> um and so I just like how do we kind of reconcile that need for it being beautiful and wanting to share this other like relatable content? Like, does that make sense? The question I asked? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah. So Courtney from the creative side of things too, has like that, the feed aesthetic is like <laughs> obviously very important. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would say um, there's definitely times where we've even shared something where I've looked at Abby and I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes me cringe a little because it doesn't match our colors or it doesn't match our vibe. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I think we're the only ones that are getting really hung up on that because it's our brand, it's our baby, it's our business. So, and we know that we're intentionally creating our feed to be cohesive and beautiful. I would say that anybody else looking in is not seeing that as much as we are. They are there because they are interested in you, they're interested in your business, and they're interested in the content that you're sharing. At the end of the day, they might not care at all what your feed looks like because they they all they care about is you and your business and what you do and what you stand for and chances are that anybody's looking at your entire feed like every single day or they're checking back every single week is pretty low I would say because they're seeing you in in the home feed or the feed where they're following you excuse me so 
Yeah, I totally understand the aesthetic thing, but I would say to, um, and once you do break away from that, because I have slowly started to break away from that as a creative, because it does put a lot of stress on you um, when you're trying to be so perfect in your feed, um, that it actually feels good to kind of break away from it and not be too caught up and hung up on it. Because again, it's the content and it's you that are really keeping your followers engaged. Yeah. And we've worked with a few um, photographers too, where we've built out templates that allow you to break up just those static images that you're posting Mm -hmm. all the time too, which really makes your feed more dynamic. So something like a pop of your brand color and a quote to talk about like something inspirational um, that's still related to your business or just reaching your audience in a new way can actually make your feed feel more dynamic and it will help different elements of your feed like pop and stand out. Because if you're scrolling through your home feed on your profile page, you might feel redundant as you scroll, but with these like little pops of color, you're kind of just making that more engaging and helping draw people's eyes to different parts of your portfolio basically. And we have an example of that later that we'll be showing you too, a photographer example. So yeah. Okay. Thanks. That was such a good response. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Of course. Okay. All right. So final step. So let's go ahead and think through the actual insights and analytics of this is once you start, once you identify these content pillars for your business, and then you start interspersing them throughout your content, we recommend doing this for at least three months Maybe you can peak after two, but um, you typically, we don't see tons and tons of change after one month. Like you have to give it time, organic marketing and organic growth. It takes time. Um, And the more consistent you are, the better you'll notice your performance. So after three months of you being consistent at posting against your content pillars, then go ahead and take a look at your analytics. And here's where you might want to adjust some of your pillars. Maybe you notice that one of your pillars isn't performing as well, or another one is skyrocketing that you didn't even expect. That's when you can start differentiating how often you post those pillars. Are those pillars right? Do you need to try something new? Or um, just keep things as is because it might be performing great. So what we like to look at is which posts saw the best reach, which posts saw the most engagement, and then did any posts actually drive business in your DMs? So and yeah, one ahead. quick thing on consistency that Abby just said, that is the, the name of the game here. Uh, consistency <laughs> doesn't mean posting every day. <laughs> consistency, it just means if you set a schedule and you want to post, you only have time to post twice a week to make sure that you're consistent with that twice a week post. Um, Because once you aren't, that's where these analytics are gonna kind of drop off and it's gonna be hard to test and analyze. So um, again, it's not posting every day, it's just setting that schedule and making sure to be consistent (coughs) with that, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, for sure. We aren't gonna tell you you need to post three, three a day and (laughs) two reels and one story and whatever, no. So um, let's take a look at where you actually find these insights if you haven't dug around in here too much. So when you go to your profile, here's where you'll see that little insights tab. And from there, that's where you can pop down to the content you shared. And this is where you can see your latest and greatest content. When you click on that, you'll notice this slide, which it automatically does things by reach. That's typically the name of the game. But like we talked about with your goals, What are your goals with Instagram? 
if your goal is to drive conversion, you want people to get off the platform and get to your website, then reach isn't going to be something that you want to be looking at specifically. So this is where you can change these metrics. So you can go ahead and pick by post type. If you want to just look at photos, reels, carousels, you can look at it that way. If you want to look at the specific metric, this again goes back to those goals. Do you want to see if you're getting new followers? Do you want to see if you're getting a higher reach, more impressions? Do you want to have more engagement with your comments or um, profile, profile visits being that big one to drive conversion and leads off of the platform? So looking at your analytics based on this can be really important. And then pick the time period that you're referencing. So don't look at the last year if you just started this process. Go ahead and look at the last 30 days or the last three months so that you can start tracking from there. So this is just a quick example of what that looks like once you've selected those. So for this, we've selected any of our posts, which ones have driven the most profile visits, and then what has happened the last three months. So then we'll click on those. We'll click view insights on the latest post are the best performing posts that we saw that drove the most profile visits for us. And then we'll see what happened within that post. Um, this can be really fun to look at the individual post statistics once you've found the ones that are reaching, reaching the goals and the objectives that you have. Because one of the cool things that you can see is who are you reaching? Are you reaching your current audience? Are you reaching new followers? This can be really good to understand, okay, this content pillar that I have, it's performing really well, driving really good engagement, but it's for my current audience. And I also want to grow my audience. So what other content pillar can I use to help me grow my audience in addition to serving the current audience that I have? So just doing a little gut check on your analytics and how things are performing every three months can be really impactful to help you create, continue to create content that's working and helping you grow on the gram. And then obviously you can keep scrolling for more. There's so much insights in here. So if you feel at any point in overwhelm, then stop there. Like just look at that first section of like, okay, I'm going to look at any that I'm going to look at profile visits and I'm going to look at the best performing and just see how those work. Then just stop there. But if you want to keep scrolling for more information, go ahead because then you can see some things of how things are working. Um, a lot of people have this question of like, are hashtags still working anymore? And um, you'll likely notice, no, that they are not working as much as they used to and keywords are more important. But um, this, this is how you, seems kind of high. this one is high. <laughs> this one is actually high yeah. for, yeah, what, what we typically see. Typically, if, if it doesn't show up, that means your hashtags drove nothing, <laughs> like they drove no traffic. Um, but if they are showing up and you are still seeing good traffic, then keep using some of them. But um, this is a really good place to go if you're wondering that question in your head, like, should I keep using these um, hashtags? Are they even working for my business? Because it's one less thing to stress about. So now we're going to take you through some of the steps to brainstorm these content, uh, content ideas under each pillar. So one of our go-tos all the time is Pinterest. The awesome thing about Pinterest is that it is actually a search engine um, and it gets a little bit more specific than what Google would because it's kind of in this creative world, right? So people are coming here to search these creative things, whether it's 
um, you know, branding or recipes or photography, um, it really kind of narrows down versus Google is like the whole entire world. Pinterest is like the smaller world. Think of it that way. So um, we use Pinterest to ideate by content pillar. And what we do here is we come here and we type in those key phrases related to that pillar. And then you can watch Pinterest um, give you all of these commonly searched phrases that people are currently searching for. So we typed in photography and you can see here that photography poses, photography poses women, photography ideas, photography backdrops, um, wallpaper. These are all popping up and these are things that people are currently searching on Pinterest. So this gives us an idea that if we are in the photography business and we need ideas for under some of those content pillars, these are specific things that we can be posting about because we know that these are those specific things that people are actually searching for in real time. So likely what you'd be doing too is like um, if newborn photography is your focus, you type in newborn photography and then see what other ideas populate in that list and those give you the specific post ideas that you can start sharing. Yep. Um, Instagram. So you're right there on the platform. Why not use it to also gather inspiration from other accounts on Instagram? We do this quite often. We'll see something out there that inspires us and we're like, oh, hey, we could post about that too, but we have our own spin that we can do on it. So we're going to save this to our Instagram account and come back to it later and, um, you know, redo it for ourselves and spin it in the direction that makes sense for our business. So um, making sure to always save that content because then you can reference that later in your own Instagram profile. And then also going to your explore tab in Instagram. That's a great place to um, just look at things that Instagram is feeding you based on how you you use the platform. So in your explore tab, you'll see things being served up to you that makes sense based on how you're interacting with Instagram. Um, and you can use those ideas too as inspiration as you're building out your own content. And that's something else that we absolutely love to do every once in a while is just quizzing our audience. So we will pop into stories and we will have them answer like a multiple choice question. So uh, the great thing about this, this is a little bit newer for a feature in Instagram is that you can have multiple choice. So it used to be just like yes or no um, or one or two, but now you have uh, up to four, I believe it is. And you can ask a question and you can have the four different multiple choice there and people can click on it and you can see what people are resonating with. And then another great one is open-ended questions. So just using that question form in the Instagram stories. So you type a question in there and then they actually have to type something. So sometimes it's great to have multiple choice because people don't have to get really specific in their answers, but then it's also great to have ones where you have people have that open-ended question and give you a little bit more specific of an answer. So you can take this information that you're getting back from your audience and base that on your content pillars and the actual pieces of content that you're posting every day. Um, and then we also sometimes quiz our audience by just sending out a Google survey to them. So if that's something that you've ever done or considered, um, it's a great way, again, to capture feedback on what people are looking for, what they're currently liking that you're already offering, what um, some things that you could be working on, or maybe we're totally like not posting something that they crave from us that they know that we are probably experts in. So then we know that we have to kind of shift that content pillar or what we're posting underneath that content pillar.
Yeah, we do this a couple times a year and we look at them all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just, and we'll do it because we know long formats are harder for people to commit to. We'll do it um, with like a giveaway. So it'll be like, you fill this out, you'll be entered into a chance to win a $200 Starbucks gift card because it needs to be like something big enough that someone would want be interested in. And you can also consider if you only want feedback from people who are interested in your services, for example, you could give away like a mini, um, a mini session or mm-hmm. something like that. So the people who are responding are people who are interested. So that's another thing that you can think about. Um, and then you get the responses in their own words and you can use their words back to them in your post captions and in the things that you talk about, because how you explain something as an expert is going to be probably a little bit more confusing to your audience because they're not familiar with the terminology. So maybe your terminology needs to change because this is how people are thinking about it. And the only way you'll understand what their terminology is, is by getting those long format questions from them. And then we've all probably heard this, but batch working um, is kind of the the lifesaver here. So um, batch working essentially is just sitting down, getting all your content pillars aligned, and then taking those content pillars and adding those social post examples underneath them. So you've done all of the inspiration work, you've gathered all these ideas of what you could post under each um, content pillar. And then this is how that comes to life. So this is kind of how we work with our clients when we do this. And this is that um, Hannah photographer that we worked with. So here you can see up top that we've got this content bucket. Um, So this is the weddings um, content bucket that we defined for her. This is a graphic that we uh, designed for her in Canva. So she um, can go ahead and pop in there and use this um, actual template for content underneath weddings or whatever it might be that she's talking about. And these are the post ideas. So these would be any social post examples that could come to life. So under weddings, we've got showcase your work, client love and testimonials, share stories from the big day or special moments, unique details, how the couple met, um, parts of their family, sharing stories on their engagement session, and then share behind the scenes moments, um, whether that's something that's, you know, that happened that was funny that day or something that was super special and unique. So we take all of these content pillars and you can see there's two over there on the other side, just to give you an idea. And we put, you know, a graphic (coughs) underneath there to kind of show what it could look like from a graphic perspective. And then we list out all of those ideas. So when we hand this over to our clients, they've got all of these buckets nicely um, laid out for them and the strategy lines to their Instagram and their followers and their business. But then we've got all of these ideas listed out underneath them and what they could be. So this is where they're able to, you know, they can go to this one, they can be like, okay, I'm going to showcase my work. And then tomorrow I'm going to go to inspiration and I'm going to do something in that social post example and so on and so forth. So this is really kind of their Bible for what they can post as far as that content idea goes underneath that content bucket. And it allows them to kind of batch their work. So they're not sitting there on a Monday morning trying to figure out what to post that exact day. They can come to this, they can batch out their entire week and they've got all of that content ready to go for them. They just have to find the graphic that they want and then pick the topic and then write to it um, from these post examples. And the graphic doesn't have to be a template either. No. Um, it can just be like as a photographer in a lot of other visual fields, you're sharing images. And that's okay if the templates are interspersed every once in a while, but the images are heavier, but you still have an idea in your caption that you're writing about and you still 
grab, like pull them in to read more. It's something like, you'll never guess what happened on this wedding day. Like, I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, I want to read more about that. Mm -hmm. So like, let me read more about that (laughs) caption. And that's the, um, the call to action that like pulls them into your post, even though it's just a typical image that you'd always post. So the caption is where the bulk of your, um, ideas within these pillars will come to life. Yep. So we wanted to also share with you accounts that we absolutely love uh, when it comes to Instagram specifically. So um, Adam Masori, Masari, I'm not really sure if I'm saying that right, but he is the lead of Instagram. And so he really pops on and gives us any big updates and algorithm tips that are happening within the Instagram platform. So he's very, very good about showing up on stories and letting people know when things are happening or if they're testing stuff and it's in the beta phase. Um, or when things are potentially rolling out, or even, um, you know, just recently he told us that hashtags are kind of like phasing out. Don't focus on them as much as you should be focusing on um, keywords. So he's a great one to follow as far as any updates that are happening with Instagram. Pink Sparrow Social, she's amazing for reels, tips, and tutorials. And the great thing about her is that she basically tells you to steal her tricks of the trade, essentially. So she'll get on there, she'll do a reel, and she'll post it. And then the next day or a few days later, she'll actually take you through how she created that reel. So she takes you through that entire reel and she says, okay, steal this reel. Um, obviously use it for your own brand and your business and what you know is relatable with your followers, but you can steal the exact reel of how she created it and the trending audio that she used. And then preview app and creators for reels. They also are really great for anything that is trending such as audio or um, any sort of different transitions that people are using. So they're great for those things for reels. And then Molly Ballant, I believe for Instagram updates, trends and education. She actually is um, probably, I would say Adam would share something and Molly's like quick to share it right behind him because she follows him very closely too. So um, she's great for anything that is happening on Instagram as far as updates and trends. And then don't forget to find local inspiration too um, in and out of your industry. It's always great to just kind of, um, again, get in that explore tab or get in that reels tab and just kind of flip through and find any inspiration that you're liking that makes sense for you and your audience and be sure to save it and then recreate it, but with your own little spin on it. Yeah. And share, like, I think we always forget. Yeah. We forget to share content. Like we're not just talking about your feed, but we're talking about like in your stories, like Instagram was made to be a community platform and it's meant for you to engage and connect with other people in a new way. So I think it's so easy to forget that and just focus about growing our own business. But that connection piece of it is so important. And when you connect with more people on Instagram, you have this opportunity to share audiences because you're sharing their content amongst your audience and vice versa, they're sharing you. So that is kind of what it's supposed to all be about. And Mm -hmm. I think we oftentimes forget it. So these are, we're gonna take you through a couple of our uh, proud mama bear moments for some of the clients that we've worked with. So um, here, this is Jesse Tommy. So I believe we did talk about them up front a little bit with those um, content pillars, but this is just a real quick glimpse at their feed with some of the um, templates that we created for them, um, which these templates 
align to those content pillars that we also defined for them. So when we get a client that wants to sign up for, um, you know, the social media strategy package, that's what we do first is those content pillars, they align on it. And then we show them those social post examples, they align on that, and then we go and make them creative um, templates. And from there, we align those to those specific um, buckets or content pieces. So it makes sense for them when they go to um, put it in their actual grid. And you can see here too that um, it's not all templates. And like Abby said earlier, that's not what we want to focus on. Um, it doesn't need to be a bit super template heavy. We understand that they're not going to show all of these templates because they're a salon. So they need to be showing pictures of, you know, befores and afters and pictures of the different services that they offer. So we totally understand that um, it's not going to be all of these templates that align to the content. It can also be your own images that align to that too. So this is that photographer that we were talking about. So this will be a great example of what it looks like with the actual, her actual photos um, throughout. And then the way that she used the templates that we created for her as well. So um, like this one, she, I believe that's her and behind the scenes, again, that is her from behind the scenes, but she's just started to slowly incorporate those templates um, with her own photography images as well. So you can kind of see how it nicely breaks up the grid and it's nothing stark. It's nothing like, where did that come from? Because it aligns to her brand, it aligns to her aesthetic. So it fits within her feed and it's not this thing where you're kind of just like, well, where did that come from? And then the last one is sound and circle. Uh, she is, uh, oh gosh, a plan of paper goods. So planners, uh, notebooks, uh, tracking, all stuff like that. So she has been an ideal client as far as it's come to uh, using our templates and using our strategic pillars. And she really just kind of took off with it. She's done a phenomenal job with that too. But you can also see here, she's um, probably a little bit more template heavy than any of the other clients we've worked with, which is totally fine. I don't know why that's not playing again, but um, again, she's, we've given her all the tools that she's needed to take these or to take these um, creative pieces and align them to her pillars. And she's just like soared. It's been fantastic. And we've heard from her that she, it's just been like such a helpful tool for her because she was that person that would wake up and like, I don't know what to post today or like, I don't have enough content or I'm posting the same thing over and over again. I need more ideas on like what I can be posting and different content that I can be serving my audience. Once you have those pillars too, um, and you ideate, like if you take that time just to spend like one, two hours just to ideate content under each of those pillars and make a list, you can do it in a notebook or just do it in a word doc or do it anywhere. Um, and just ideate that content that creates so much momentum for you then to just pull from. Um, so we've done this for our own business. Like we yeah. do it for mm -hmm. ourselves. And anytime we feel like we're just feeling like blah in terms of what we're sharing, we'll go back to that and be like, okay, like what haven't we talked about yet? What is like super core and what does our audience want to mm -hmm. hear more of? So. And checking out those insights too, because I think sometimes people fail to take a peek at those insights. And those are clearly those top performers are what people are resonating with the most. So how can you take those top performers and like add on to them or give a little spin onto them or just like kind of post them throughout the year. Don't forget about, you know, what that specific content piece was and uh, continue to use that because clearly that was something that resonated really well with your audience. Yeah. All right. So now what? 
So this is just the beginning. <laughs> this answers that question. What the heck should I post about? We've obviously talked about making sure that after you do start posting this consistently, like going back and checking the analytics, making sure it's working because just because you created your content pillars doesn't mean it's going to work until the end of time. As your business evolves, as your audience grows, things are going to change. So you might have to shift your pillars. Um, we're not talking every day, but we're saying like maybe a couple times a year, you have to revisit, look at how things are performing and kind of um, adjust things from there. So having this is a great start. It's really awesome to help eliminate the overwhelm of what to post and how to plan out a little bit better. But beyond just the content that you're posting, there's a few other things you need. You need an engaging visual, which we all know that there needs to be something to get you to thumb stop and actually look at what's happening. And then that compelling caption is something that's going to get someone to drive action. So that very first sentence you write in your post is the most important sentence. That sentence needs to get people to click the read more button. If they don't click the read more button, that instantly is going to decrease the reach of your post because Instagram is going to find it not valuable or not um, as engaging as another piece of content that someone read more about. So that read more is super important. Think of it like you're writing an email subject line, like what is going to get someone to click that read more button. And then you also need an action. You need a call to action when you get to the end of your post. Um, we are so like, it seems so silly and this can feel really awkward when you first start doing it, but we are so used to like just the habitual action of going through Instagram. You don't even realize, like sometimes we open up the platform. We don't even know how we got there. Like we went on our phone to go look at a message from our mom. And all of a sudden we're in Instagram because your habit is that you go to Instagram. So that happens to us so much. And that happens as people are scrolling too. So unless you tell someone to double tap, unless you tell them to comment, unless you tell them to save the post, they might not do it because they're so used to just moving on and going somewhere else. So you need to stop the habit that they're in and tell them what to do. So the more often you, you do a call to action, which every post should have a call to action, the more engagement you'll see. So just try and remember that when you get to the end of your caption. Um, and then finally engage. So it's not just about the content you're posting, but it's about the con the engagement that you're putting out there as well. So we like to say, give the engagement you'd expect to receive. <laughs> so um, engage with your audience in a way that you want to be engaged with. So if that's, if that is sending them a DM, if that is commenting, if that is double tapping, if that is saving, like do the action that you want people to do to you, because that engagement is where kind of the magic happens. Um, and then as we talked about before, it's about consistency and refining. So if you do this for one week, you're really spot on, and then you pause for a couple and you do it again in one week, you're not going to see the same success as you would if you picked something consistent. So set your goal. How many times are you going to post? What types of posts are you going to do if you have a goal that you want to do three or four posts a week and you want one of them to be reels? write that down, write down that goal and stick to it. And then check your analytics later, because very often our clients that have seen the most success use the strategy pillars and have a goal in mind and they stay consistent. That's those are the clients that typically see the most success and growth and engagement on Instagram.
So before we go, because we are also SEO experts, we cannot leave without talking a little <laughs> bit about SEO on Instagram. So um, SEO, if you don't know what that is, is search engine optimization. A lot of times people think about this with Google. If you want to be found online, um, you have to have the right keywords that people are typing into that Google search bar to be found. Same goes now with Instagram. So hashtags used to be the way to search on Instagram, but you don't have to search by hashtag anymore. You can just go to that search bar and type in a word like photographer, salon, uh, paper goods. I just did this the other day. I'm trying to think of cookies. We just did this mm, for cookies. Yeah. We were looking for cookies for an event that we're going to. And I was like, oh, I want to see if there's like a really cute custom cookie maker for something in Arizona. So I typed in custom cookies, Arizona. And of course I was delivered with two profiles that were perfect. They were exactly what we needed. And I would have never found them had I not typed that in. So this is super important. Your name, which is this section right here is the most searchable piece of Instagram. So that is super important. And then the rest of your bio accompanies it. So we're going to give you a little bit example here of what to do. So your handle is what your handle is. This is not going to change. So you do not have to put your name, the handle name, like the repeat the handle into the name if you don't want to, if you feel like your handle is going to speak better as keywords. So, um, this used to have a max of 30 characters. They actually just removed that limit. So now you can add more characters here to help you be found. So this is super important, um, making sure that you have something there. So if you're a photographer, you might want to do your state, the specific niche photography that you're in and add photography to that. So Minnesota wedding photographer, for example, might be what your name is, even though your handle is your business name. So you then become searchable for both topics. Um, always pick a category. So make sure you're a business, um, business or creator's account, and then you should have a category here. So this, uh, one of the things, if you've noticed something, an issue with music, like you're not getting trending audio or trending music, there's two things you can do. You can switch to a creator's account. Sometimes that brings the music back, or you can switch your category to entrepreneur. I don't know why it's a bug in Instagram. <laughs> they need to fix it. But if you're an entrepreneur category, you get the trending music and audio. So if that's something you've struggled with, it could be your category. And then the next thing that you'll do to fill out your bio is put in what you are, what's unique about you, what makes you different, what's going to drive people to click that follow button, click that profile link or engage. So what are two business related things that you do? Who do you serve? Things like that. Um, what is a personal thing? What is something that you personally like to do that people could relate to? Um, I think we used to have something in here around like coffee or sips because that's kind of like our big yeah, beverages. Mm -hmm. um, and then location. This is especially important if you are local. Like I had mentioned before, I was searching Arizona custom cookies. Um, if they didn't have Arizona in their profile, they were not going to come up likely. So that is something that is super important. And then again, just like your post, you need a call to action. So you need to tell them to do something when they come to your profile. For us right now, we want people to sign up for our email list. So tips and sips is our sign up. When they click that Instagram link, they'll see tips and sips right there in the link, which then resonates with them and gets them to sign up for it. So um, this is 
super important. And we've noticed a lot of success too. When you break it up with emojis, you break it into lines, you make it a little bit more bite-sized. If it's a paragraph of copy, no one's going to read it. So you kind of have to break it up and then call out your most important things. And we kind of update this a lot, actually, Mm -hmm. not like a lot, a lot, but every few months we'll be adding something or something will change. Our call to action will change. Maybe an offering that we want to talk about will change. So those details in this bio can be updated um, as much as it needs to in terms of how relevant you need to be. So, all right. So that is everything. I think we can ask Brittany too, if there's any other questions that we can walk through at the end. Otherwise, if you do have any further questions on this, feel free to find us on Instagram and send us a DM. Like we're happy to answer anything. We love to do little voice memos and DMs. (laughs) So we do that a lot. Um, You can also message um, me on Facebook too. I think you, I think you have to message personal, but you can do business too, Mm -hmm. but either way um, you can find us on Facebook as well. So a few other ways that you can work with us for free, we share so much valuable information on our podcast. So Duo on Air podcast on any of the listening services that you peek at. We just had an episode on hashtags versus keywords. So if you are interested in that, definitely check that out. And then if you are struggling with this portion of it, we do have strategy call sessions that we can walk through where we can help break out that uniqueness in those strategy pillars. Or even if you just want like a brainstorm buddy to, mm-hmm. to actually ideate content under your pillars for this, like we would be very happy to help. So um, those are two really great ways that you can continue working with us if you're interested. Otherwise, um, I know, Brittany, I'm not sure if there was any more questions. We're happy to answer them. I think there's still a few minutes left. Uh, um, I don't see any questions, but you better believe I'm going to be booking a social strategy call here. So like you'll be seeing me coming up. Um, I love homework. Um, and so let's say like, what is the first little baby step that you say that we do from this presentation? Would it be like research coming up with our, our buckets? What, like, what's the tiniest step to take today? Um, those questions. So mm-hmm. go back to those questions and answer them for yourself. Like grab a okay. notebook. Who, who is your audience? Who do you want to serve? What differentiates you? Answer those. Which questions. they should have already done because we've been talking about ideal clients in our niche and all, all year long. So um, again, Perfect. it keeps like every single live that we've had in this group. It's, it goes back to that ideal client and like knowing who you're serving. So if anyone's still fighting that moment, like, no, here it is again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That will make your content that will make ideating those content pillars so much quicker. Mm -hmm. And I'd say if you've already done that, then do your Instagram bio. Like that should be your next step is to make sure your Instagram bio is optimized um, to a T. I did have a question about the Instagram bio. You said to put the location in it. I have my location as like Dallas photographer. Um, would you say that it needs to be in like, that's my title? Yeah. 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 So is that okay? In in your name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So in your name, I would definitely do that. It's even more important. So in terms of like searchability and what's going to be the easiest for people to Mm -hmm. find you, your name comes first. So I think because location for some other people, location isn't as important, Mm -hmm. but it helps like for us, for example, we don't have to work with only Minnesota businesses, right? We, um, like to, and we like to connect with local people. So that's awesome. But, um, I think 
when local is your business, like you have to work with local people, then yeah, definitely put it okay. in your name. And then I would save up your bio space for something else. You don't yep. have okay. to put that in there unless you want to add in like a, if you want to do Dallas Fort Worth area or something like that and add another keyword, you can do that different. Okay. So. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode or any questions you might have. Drop me a DM on Instagram at Brittany Renee underscore photo. And if you haven't already, be sure to join the free Facebook group. That's bit.ly slash capture the chaos FB. And lastly, it would help me out so much if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help boost ratings so I can reach other photographers who need a friend in the community just like you. Again, thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.